So what are some of the top cybersecurity priorities being focused on by the healthcare sector these days? I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Greg Garcia, Executive Director for Cybersecurity at the Healthcare and Public Health Sector Coordinating Council. Greg will be speaking to us about some of the key cyber-related initiatives underway at the Coordinating Council, which is a public-private partnership that works with both the Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Homeland Security. So, Greg, please give us an update on what the Coordinating Council is working on. What are some of the top cyber-related issues the Council is dealing with these days? Well, our plate is full. We reorganized at the beginning of the year, recognizing that we were a bit behind the eight ball in terms of meeting the challenge of cybersecurity. We all know that uh, the Healthcare Industry Cybersecurity Task Force released its report last year, last June of 2017. And at the beginning of this year, we realized we need to redouble our efforts to answer the challenge. There were six major imperatives coming out of that task force report, 105 action items. And we dramatically increased the membership of the cybersecurity working group from about 50 organizations to now about 190 organizations and more than 300 people representing those organizations across the spectrum of disciplines and job responsibilities. So what we've done actually is created 13 task groups that are assigned some of the challenges, some of the recommendations of the task force report, where we are scoping out what specific objectives we're trying to achieve and what the deliverables are and uh, the outcomes we're hoping to achieve and the timeline. So we are pretty much working on all cylinders now. And in fact, just had on June 29 uh, an all-hands meeting. More than 120 people showed up with the government to take stock of where we are in, in meeting our objectives. Some of those include medical device and health IT cybersecurity, uh, how the device makers and the provider customer community can work together to improve the production and the management of those devices. We're looking at uh, workforce development. How do we attract more cybersecurity talent to the uh, healthcare sector? Um, how do we improve information sharing? amongst ourselves and with the government so that um, cyber threats intelligence is more timely and more actionable and more relevant to what we need to do. So we're looking at those and many other areas like uh, cross-sector engagement. How do we work with other industry sectors? How do we improve supply chain security? So again, our plate is full. So, Greg, you made mention of the Department of Health and Human Services Cyber Task Force and the report that was issued last year that spotlighted a number of key areas that have room for improvement, I guess you might say, in the cybersecurity world within the healthcare sector, as well as recommendations. Has the Coordinating Council taken over the role that that cyber task force had? And what's planned in terms of medical device cybersecurity, for instance, at this point? So the Cyber Task Force really was a one-time event. The Congress in the Cybersecurity Act of 2015 directed HHS to create this task force, make it a blue-ribbon panel of industry and government experts, and to release a report of recommendations uh, within a year of its formation. They did that in June 2017, and essentially they disbanded. So it is a one-time event. So then the question becomes, what do we do with those recommendations? And it was at the top of 2018 that we realized we need to accelerate our efforts to address 
those recommendations. So uh, we're not taking over the role. The Sector Coordinating Council has been around for more than 15 years. We are a product of presidential executive order. Uh, we are one of 16 critical industry sectors across the United States, partnering with the government to, to protect all critical infrastructure sectors from all hazards, whether they fit, be physical or cyber. So, you know, when you look at the task force recommendations, for example, you asked about medical device security, um, imperative number two does just that, calling for better cybersecurity design, development of medical devices, and the management of those devices. So we have a task group that is actually co-chaired by a device maker and by a hospital both stakeholders in this process. And together, and this group consists of about 35, 40 organizations, and what they're trying to do, they're calling it a joint strategic plan, and that is it is joint. It is a recognition that cybersecurity for medical devices is a shared challenge and therefore a shared responsibility, and looking at what are good practices for medical device makers to design and build security into their devices, manage patching, how to deal with end-of-life products, end-of-support, and then what are the hospitals, what are the providers, users' responsibility to manage those medical devices in a secure way. So in that sense, the, the final product will really be a, a joint strategic plan. It will be an expression of a joint commitment. And that's just one of uh, several task groups that have really a cross-cutting approach to dealing with, with cybersecurity issues that affect many of the subsectors in the same way or in different ways. So in terms of that final product or the deliverable from that task force, the medical device task force, for instance, will it be guidance? Will it, you know, is this something that the FDA, for instance, is involved with? Is this something like a set of recommendations for what organizations should be doing to improve the cybersecurity of the medical devices? Or will any of this be sort of binding sorts of things that these organizations need to do? FDA is part of the leadership of this task group. It is a joint task group, joint government and industry task group. And we recognize, I think everybody recognizes that if we as an industry sector can step up and manage security in a way that is evolving along with, with the threats and evolving along with technological innovation, that's a better alternative to regulation. So the task group is going to be producing guidance that really represents the best thinking of major stakeholders in the industry, both from the provider side and the medical device side and the government side as well. It will be just that. It will be guidance. And at the end of the day, when this is done, we're not sure, probably sometime next year because we need to give it a full vetting across the stakeholder community to build consensus for it. And then what it becomes is an exercise in marketing that we use the force multiplier effect of the many trade associations, uh, industry associations that are involved with this, the force multiplier effect of HHS and FDA with its communications reach across the industry. And we socialize this as this is our best effort at developing good standards of practice for the industry to exercise for secure medical device development, design, and management. And then we hope to be able to measure the uptake of that guidance, to really drive it down across the community to small and medium-sized hospitals who need guidance themselves, to medical device manufacturers, both large and small. And this is really the work of the Sector Coordinating Council for any of the task group initiatives that we produce. The, the risk of anything uh, becoming shelfware 
uh, means that we really, the job isn't done when the job is done. The job is done when we are able to push it out into the community and be able to measure uptake and implementation. And actually, a year from now, two years from now, actually be able to say, yes, we are better today than we were two years ago. And here's how. Here are the numbers. That's hard work, and that takes all hands on deck. And we're getting started now, and the enthusiasm is strong, and the membership is growing, and people are committing, companies and hospitals are committing resources to this. So, Greg, you also mentioned that information sharing is an area that the Coordinating Council is focused on, and the, again, you know, the Cyber Task Force also, one of the purposes of that was also to assess the information sharing of the healthcare sector when it comes to cyber. What is your assessment of what's going on in terms of the healthcare sector in its cyber information sharing? Where do you see the most room for improvement, and what might we see coming out of the Coordinating Council? First of all, you know that we have a very strong community player here, which is the National Health ISAC, the Information Sharing and Analysis Center. And that is really the hub of, and there are other information sharing and analysis organizations that are participating as well, Healthcare Ready, High Trust, and, and others. And these groups are principally responsible for doing the day-to-day threat information sharing, incident response analysis, and to do that cooperatively among each other within the sector and with the government. What the Sector Coordinating Council is doing is sort of looking ahead and trying to anticipate as threats evolve and as technology evolves and business models evolve, what is it we need to be paying attention to when we talk about information sharing? What is the kind of information we need to share among ourselves? What kind of threat information, vulnerability, new technology, and how do we share this with the government? How can we be sure that when we share information with the government that they are protecting sensitive information, sensitive or proprietary information? What happens to that piece of information when I share it with HHS? How do I know that it's going to be protected? And for its part, HHS continually, and DHS as well, continually want to know they have this piece of classified threat information, for example. Is this relevant to the healthcare sector? And if it's relevant to the healthcare sector, what would be the impact if this particular threat or attack vector were to affect pharmaceutical manufacturing or hospital appointment systems? What would be the impact? What would be the operational impact with the ultimate objective to be assessing the impact on patient safety? Ultimately, that's what, when we're talking about information sharing and incident response, we need to save lives. And we at least need to be sure that a cyber attack does not impact patient safety or lives. That's the bullseye. So it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process of both understanding what types of information are needed, what we do with that information, and really how we act on it. So, Greg, you mentioned some of the threats that the Coordinating Council is sort of dealing with, that the information sharing community is dealing with. If you were to sort of narrow down on one top threat, you know, based on the conversations you have with the various constituents that participate in the Coordinating Council, what is the number one thing that the healthcare sector is worried about right now when it comes to threats? You know, is it ransomware? Is it something else? What is it? I guess currently, you know, the flavor of the day does seem to be ransomware. It's an insidious threat, and it's taking many different forms. But as we know, cyber attacks, cyber adversaries are resourceful and cunning 
and the threats change all the time. So we want to be focused on how we deal with ransomware now, but we constantly have to be looking over the horizon to anticipate what new types of threats, what new types of attacks are in the pipeline. And that's really, that brings us back to the information sharing, which is being able to get ahead of the threat and see what is evolving. But but certainly, yes, um, ransomware has impact across, um, as I mentioned before, you know, patient reservation systems and hospitals want to shut down and they have diverted ambulances for emergency care and some operations have been shut down, operations that are robotic manufacturing, for example, that could be affected by a ransomware attack and, and having the data encrypted. So the impacts are multifaceted right now with, with, with ransomware. But other issues are constant headache, like phishing and business email compromise. These things are part of the ongoing arsenal of the cyber adversaries. And finally, Greg, when it comes to nation-state threats, for instance, and the threats that are posed to the healthcare sector, anything that's been laid out by the Department of Justice or the intelligence community involving the Russian hacking election interference that pose lessons for the healthcare sector when it comes to nation-state and the threat that other nations pose to the healthcare community? Well, I mean, I think that's in the back of everyone's mind. And, and, you know, it becomes difficult when there are chief information security officers who have expansive portfolios across their company, but don't yet have the top secret level security clearance that they need in order to understand the dimensions of the nation state threat. I mean, we just heard from the director of national intelligence a few days ago that Russian interference in not just our election system, but across our critical infrastructure is an ongoing threat. And so that requires us to be as vigilant as we can. But of course, nation state threats, many of them are tend to be fairly sophisticated and they cover their tracks. And it is difficult in many instances to be able to spot them. So this really calls into clear focus the need, coming back to information sharing, one of our concerns continues to be how do we deal with security clearances for the right people within the healthcare sector to accelerate the granting of these security clearances so we can have better visibility into those threats and that we can have those classified conversations with the intelligence community to know really how we should be protecting ourselves and to be able to anticipate these threats. Right now, many in our community are flying blind when it comes to that kind of you know nation-state advanced persistent threat. And, and we certainly know that the healthcare sector is a target, probably more so for criminal groups because of the, the monetary incentive for those kinds of cyber attacks through fraud and identity theft. But certainly we have to be vigilant against all fronts. Thanks, Greg. I've been speaking to Greg Garcia. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.